Welcome to the Accra Community Church Podcast. So glad you stopped by. We hope that as you listen to today's sermon, the Holy Spirit through his word will refill you, recharge you, and equip you for the rest of your journey with him. Listen to today's sermon. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we are grateful to you. We thank you for sending your son Jesus to die for us. We thank you for the sacrifice on the cross. We thank you that you have called us for your glory. We commit today into your hands as we study your word. We pray that you open our eyes of understanding and grant us the revelation of you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. For the past five weeks, we have been looking at the work of salvation, how God has worked on us. We started by looking at the authenticity of the word of God, how the Bible says the word was created by the word of God. So we saw what the word of God can do in our lives. We realized that there is solution or the word of God is God's uh, master plan. It gives us direction on every aspect of life. Whatsoever God wants us to do in this world, he has given us directions in his word. We saw the work of Christ, the manifestation of God himself in the flesh. So God became flesh. God manifested as a human being to deal with the issues of mankind after the fall. Christ came to save us. We realize why there can't be salvation by any other means except Christ. Yes, we have various religions, many efforts by human beings to get to God. But the effort of man could not take us back to God, back to where we fell from. And therefore, Christ has to come to redeem us. We realize that this has no contribution of man. It is by grace. It is purely the work of God. Man could not contribute to this effort. It is purely the work of God. God worked his own way to bring us salvation. We saw the relevance of grace. And last week, we saw what faith can do. Just that simple step of believing in a situation where there's lost of hope, there is no there is no way you can believe or you can understand how God will work. He works in ways that beats our imagination. We saw that just believing what God says can take us to where God wants us to be. It's marvelous what faith can do. Why did God do all these things? The Bible gives us some insight about the work of God here and his purpose. So we get from Romans chapter 3 verse 23, which says, For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. God has his glory. In Genesis, when God created man, he created man to manifest the glory of God. But then Romans 3.23 says, We have all sinned. Not by just committing sin, but by our nature. The fall of man brought sinful nature. And so we have lost that nature. We have lost that glory that God gave to us. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. 
in Isaiah chapter 64, verse 4, it says that our righteousness is like filthy rags. Our effort, our attempt to get back to that glory, all that we try to do as humans to get back to that position of manifesting the glory of God, the best effort we do is like filthy rags. Can you imagine that? There is a glory. There is a standard. There is a manifestation of who God is. After he has created the whole world, he created man. Man to look like God. Man to manifest that glory of God. Man to show who God is. When you see man, you have to see how God is like. But then Bible says, because of sin, we fell short of that glory. We could no more attain that glory. In our best efforts, we could not attain the glory. And the Bible says that effort, that righteousness of man, the best we can do is as filthy rags. It is like a rag that you has, been, has been used. So you can imagine a white dress, clean, neat dress. And then somebody uses a rag and to compare to it. That is what the Bible says our righteousness is like. The best effort of man is like filthy rags. Isaiah 64 verse 6. But then it did not end there. Romans 6 verse 23 says that, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. So our best effort, the best effort of man, will end us nowhere. It ends in frustration. The best effort of man leads to distraction. The more we try by our effort, and I know we've all had that experience. Sometimes you go through that point of your life where you get to a point, especially end of year. We made end of year resolutions. Since this coming year, this is the target. When you set targets of righteousness, you see your sin the more. Amen. The more you say, okay, from this year onwards, this is how I'm going to live. I'm going to live this way to please God. That is where you realize how sinful you are. Because every effort, every day, you realize that you get worse. The best effort of man leads to frustration. The Bible says the wages of sin is death. It will lead you to that frustration. It will lead you to that, that point of self-condemnation. It will lead you to that point where you realize that you are worth nothing. For the wages of sin is death. But there is a gift. It is not something we worked for. It is not something we made effort to get. The effort of man cannot get you that gift. By choice, God himself decides to take our sinful nature and give us his nature. It is a free gift. So the Bible says, the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus. Amen. But then why is God doing all this? Why has God decided to restore man, to send his only son Jesus Christ to come and die for our sins? Bible says that it is for the purpose of his glory. Let's read Ephesians chapter 2, verse 4 to 10. But God who is rich in mercy because of his great love for us, even when we were dead because of our offenses, made us alive together with the Messiah. By grace you have been saved, raised up with him, and seated up with him in the heavenly realm, 
in the Messiah Jesus, so that in the coming ages he might display the limitless riches of his grace that comes to us through his kindness in the Messiah Jesus. For by such grace you have been saved through faith. This does not come from you. It is the gift of God and not the result of actions to put a stop to all boasting. For we are God's masterpiece created in the Messiah, Jesus, to perform good actions that God prepared long ago to be our way of life. Amen. This is the whole purpose of salvation, the manifestation of God's glory. God saved us so that we will manifest his glory. So we make all our effort, we do everything to get salvation, but God sent his son Jesus Christ to die for us. We're basically saying this, that the purpose of our salvation is that we will manifest who God is without a struggle. Amen. It shouldn't be by human effort to be able to manifest who God is. It is something God will work in us. It is God's work. So Bible says that the purpose of God's salvation to us is to manifest his glory through Christ Jesus. In the book of Colossians, he says that this is a secret. Before the foundations of the world, God decided to do this. Let's quickly go to Colossians chapter 1 verse 28. Let me read from 26 to 28. It says, The secret was hidden throughout the ages and generations, but has now been revealed in his saints. This is a secret that's been hidden in ages and generations, but has now been revealed to his saints, to whom God wanted to make known the glorious riches of the secret among the Gentiles, which is the Messiah in you, your glorious hope. The King James says, Christ in you, the hope of glory. It is he whom we proclaim as we admonish and wisely teach everyone so that we may present everyone mature in the Messiah. Amen. The purpose of Christ is to manifest the glory of God in us. Now the question is, what is the glory of God? Amen. So the whole essence of our salvation, the whole essence of God saving us for sending his son Jesus Christ to die for us, is to use us to manifest the glory of God. Not for us, but unto him. Amen. The Bible says in the book of Isaiah, as a revelation, that the four elders bow before God day and night. They worship him. They cast their thrones before him. And they say, worthy is the Lamb to receive all glory. For you have created all things. And for your pleasure they are and were created. God created all things for his pleasure and for the manifestation of his glory. But what is that glory? The glory of God is who God is. It is the manifestation of who God is. The Bible says in Isaiah chapter 6 that when Isaiah saw God's glory, he could not stand it. Even the angels that were standing before God, the Bible says that they had six wings. All angels had two wings. 
but those who are standing beside the throne of God has six wings. Two of it, they used it to cover their face. Two, they cover their body. And the two, they used to fly. Reason is that they could not stand that glory of God. Amen. The glory of God is so amazing that the angels could not even stand to look at it. And so they have to cover themselves from that glory. And they shout, holy, 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 Lord God Almighty. Amen. That is the glory of God. It is a perfection that cannot be explained by the human mind. So when they shout holy, they are saying that this thing we see is something that amazes us. What we are seeing is something that beats our understanding. We can't understand how somebody can speak. And things that never existed can come to be. We can't understand it. It confuses us. You've got, ever got into the position where you see something and say, wow, what is this? You can't describe it. That is the glory of God. The glory of God is where we see God in the way that it beats the human understanding. Amen. The glory of God is manifested in our lives. Paul gave a description, an example. In the, um, one of the books he said, When a slave sits with the master, you see the slave and the master sitting and eating together and chatting. That is abnormal. It beats imagination. That is the glory of God. Amen. The glory of God is manifested in various ways. The Bible says in um, Psalm 19 that the heavens display the glory of God. When we see the works of God, which is beyond what a human being can do, that is the glory of God. So we are saved to manifest the glory of God, not the glory of man. The glory of God is when man comes down. So when, suppose the president is a member of this church, and you come to church and you see the president ushering. The human understanding is that if you are the big man, you have to be saved. But Jesus says, that is not how it should be in my church. The leader must be the servant. So the glory of God is when we see the leader, the one who in the world is worship. Coming down to serve the lowest of the people. It beats the human imagination. That is what God has called us to do. To manifest his glory. The glory of God is when you see. Gorit and Boone gave an example. He said the man who put me in prison. Who watched over my sister to die. Then I'm preaching in a church. And this man is sitting in the church. And then the man walks forward and says. I am the one that killed your sister. I am the one that tortured your family. But I have repented. I have given my life to Christ. And you can look at that person who put you in prison, tortured your life for no crime just because you were preaching Christ. And you can embrace that person and say, you are forgiven. We are friends. That is beyond the human imagination. That is the glory of God. Amen. We have been called to manifest God in a way that the human mind cannot accept that. I don't know whether I'm communicating. So we are not just saved just to sit down and show that we are saved. We are saved to manifest the glory of God. The glory of God is when we see love in such a way that generally human beings cannot manifest such love. The love that beats understanding. The Bible says that the depths and the heights of the love of God. 
That is the glory of God. So when we manifest love in such a way that the human understanding, people question, what is moving them to do such a thing? Why could they forgive so easily? Why could they appreciate each other so well? When people who should be worst enemies can join hands together. That is the glory of God. Hallelujah. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 22. From verse 22, it says, or let me say from verse 21. For since in the wisdom of God, the world through the wisdom did not know God, God was pleased to save those who believe through the nonsense of our preaching. Jesus asked for, Jews ask for signs and Greeks look for wisdom. But we preach the Messiah crucified. He is a stumbling block to Jews and nonsense to Gentiles. But to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, the Messiah is God's power and God's wisdom. Amen. For us, the cross of Jesus Christ. Now, if we get the story of the cross, the cross is the symbol or crucifixion is um, the worst form of punishment for a criminal. So think of this. The worst form of punishment for a criminal is crucifixion. Anyone who dies on the cross is the most disgraced person. It's one person you can't associate with. It is somebody that when we say the person who was crucified comes from your family, you have to be ashamed of. That is crucifixion. But for us, that which should be the embarrassment has become something we boast of. It does not make sense. How can the cross, which is the symbol, it is like saying that AK-47. So you see um, somebody whose family was alienated uh, by somebody using a gun, AK-47. Then the one who was killed, whose family has been eliminated, you see him using AK-47 as a symbol on his neck. He's so proud of AK-47. It does not make sense. But that is what the cross is to us. That which should bring us disgrace is now what we boast of. For the Jews, this is strange. For the Greeks, it does not make sense. But when you are saved, it is the glory of God. You get to know what Christ has done for us. Amen. God has saved us so that we become the manifest wisdom or manifestation of his glory and wisdom. We are saved by grace. It is not the effort of man so that no one will have a reason to boast. The Bible says that we will get to that position where we will know the height and the depth of the love of God. We will know the beauty of God. We are saved and one of the gifts of salvation is the miracle. We say something is a miracle when beyond the human imagination or human understanding or human knowledge, it cannot be possible. So if it is possible by human workings, then it is not a miracle. But when it is beyond what human beings can do, then it's a miracle. So it is a miracle when a 90-year-old woman gives birth to a child. It is a miracle. That is the workings of God. It is not for any man to boast, to say, look, I have done this. The essence of salvation is that God's glory must be manifested. Amen. We have been saved by grace. 
through faith. It is the gift of God. It is not of works. So that people will see us and testify that there is God. Sometimes we don't need to speak. Sometimes we don't need, sometimes we Christians, we try to argue and explain Christ. No, it cannot make sense sometimes. But people look at your life, was it two years ago, two or three years, when the Syrian conflict started? And many Syrians have to move away as immigrants to Europe and other parts of the world as refugees. And some of them became Christians. They received Christ, not by preaching of anybody, but because they were received into homes of Christians who allowed them to worship just the way they believe it. So you are Muslims, we will not impose our religion on you. You should have the freedom to worship the way you feel. Have that freedom. But they look at the lives of the Christians, the people who have received them in their homes, and it does not make sense. They will not accept you to be in their home and you worship your God the way you want to. So they could not understand how those Christians can feed them, care for them, and still allow them and not impose religion on them. That manifested who God is to them. And without any question, they went into acts about Christ. And many of them received Christ. Amen. When Paul was in prison, Bible says that people who have done no wrong were put in prison chains. And all they did was, in the night, they were singing praises. It does not make sense. For you to be in prison for no crime, you have to chant and scream and threaten and curse. That is the norm. That is what is expected. Because you did no wrong. But for you to be thanking God, that wow, God, you have counted me worthy to be in prison as one of your people. The Bible says when they were singing praises to God, the prison shook. And the one, the warder who put them in prison came and the chains had been broken. The doors were open. Yet the prisoners were sitting. Can that be possible? It does not make sense. Here we know that prisoners make effort to break the prison gates. But here, heaven has shaken the gates, opened the doors for the prisoners to escape. And the prisoners decided to stay and were singing. When the man came, he pulled a sword and said, this is something I can't think of. He wants to kill himself. Paul came and said, don't kill yourself. Will you do that? Will you say the man who put me in prison for no crime and punish me? If he wants to commit suicide, you say, no, don't commit suicide. But stop him from committing suicide. That was the salvation. He could not understand how and he gave his life to Jesus, the whole household. That is the work of God. The glory of God is when men humble themselves to the hand of God so that God will manifest himself. So that people will see God in them and not see man. That is the essence of our salvation. And Bible says beyond this, there is a greater glory that is coming. It is something that we cannot imagine or understand. But on daily basis, we are being transformed to reflect who God is. Hallelujah. Can we be on our feet and pray? For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. 
God's glory is beyond description. It is something that human beings cannot describe it. It is something that when we see it, it marvels us. It manifested, manifests in God's love. It manifests in the miracles of God. It manifests in the transformation of lives. When we see a life that we know it is beyond repair, but we see a sudden transformation, it is the manifestation of God. It is the manifestation of the beauty of God. It, it is the manifestation of the order of God. It is God coming down to man. That is what we have been called unto. This cannot be done by man's effort. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God is working in us. I want us to pray for just a second, few seconds, asking God to work his own works in our lives. I want us to pray that God work your own works in lives. Jesus' name we have come to you. If there is anyone here who has not given your life to Jesus, maybe you have made enough effort to live a life that is pleasing to God, but you see yourself struggling. Your human effort, maybe you have even given your life to Jesus, but you realize that sometimes you have to do a lot of human effort to try to live to please God. It is a struggle. That is not what God designed salvation to be. Bible says that we are born again. It is the work of God. Children do not decide to be born. It is the work of the parents. That is what it is. When we receive Jesus Christ, the transformation is done by him, not us. He gives us that power, that ability to live as children of God. If you feel you need to be prayed for, you want to be prayed with, so that the work of God will be made manifest in your life. I want you to take a step forward. If you want us to pray with you, that God, work your work in my life. Manifest yourself through me. I want you to take a step forward if you want us to pray with you. Father, we thank you for your grace. We thank you for the gift of the Holy Spirit that you have given to us to work your work in our lives. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Please let's have a seat. Amen. So, for the past five weeks, we have been studying these topics about salvation and the work of God. We looked at scripture alone. We looked at Christ alone. We saw grace alone. Last week we were amazed by faith alone. Today we've seen that all is to the glory of God. As we agreed the last time when we started that today we will have question time. So it is time for questions and answers to discuss the word of God. Now, it is not restricted only to what we have studied, but any topic about Christ, about the church, about faith, about life, 
that you want us to discuss. Um, we open the door for questions. We have just some few minutes for the question time. So any question, and if there were some questions that were not addressed the other time and you think we have to look at it again this time, we're ready for the question time. Thank you very much for the opportunity. Um, my question is that uh, as we have uh, uh, discussed or we have uh, understood over the past weeks, Jesus Christ did all the work for our salvation. So what does the scripture mean when he says that we should work out our own salvation with fear and trembling? What, what does that mean? Amen. A good one. Okay. So let's look at that particular scripture that says we should work out our own salvation with trembling and fear. Philippians 2.12. Okay. So let's read the scripture and let's see the context in which I'm reading Philippians 2.12 and then I'll add verse 13. And so, if you start reading scripture and says, and so, it means that there is something else that was said ahead of that. And this is a continuation of it. But let's continue. And so, my dear friends, just as you have always believed, or let me use the King James, wherefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. 13 says, For it is God who works in you, both to will and to, and to do his good pleasure. Amen. For it is God, 13, It is God who works in you, both to will and to do according to his good pleasure. If you look at the whole scripture from verse 1, he talks about Jesus Christ, who he was before he came here on earth, as being God. And then he humbled himself. So even though he has the same glory with God, Jesus is part of the Godhead, he came down as a human being, and then he humbled himself and died. And he, God raised him. And Bible says God has given him a name which is above all names. That at the mention of the name of Jesus, every knee should bow and every tongue confess. So he gave the of the work of Jesus Christ, his humility. And in this context, he says that we as Christians must not be men pleased. Paul was telling them, don't only obey God when I am present. But then when I'm absent... You live your own life. But when I'm present as your leader, then you try to live a life as if you want to obey God. No. There should be that fear, that reverence for God. Because God is ready to work in you. I don't know whether we're getting it. So it is the whole focus of this is that there should not be a pretense. If we pretend to be what we are not, we will struggle with salvation. But if you manifest, you give yourself up. If I come in and I said, brother, this is an area of weakness in my life. Let's pray. And I trust God for his works in me. It is God who works in us. But if I create the impression that I am a master, for me, 
I'm the most righteous person that lives on the earth. And I know I am not. I'm trying to be men pleasers. So to work out your own salvation with fear and trembling is to know that when you pretend, there are consequences of it. Amen. I don't know whether you're getting it. So he gave first the life of Jesus Christ. How he humbled himself. And God raised him from there. So Jesus humbled himself and died. Then God raised him from the dead. And God has given him a name above all names. This is not Jesus doing it for himself. It is God who worked in him. And that same power that raised Jesus Christ is available to work in us. What we need to do is have that reverence for God, that respect for God, that trust for God, and depend on God, not to be men pleasers, but to trust God, and he will work in us. Any other question? Thank you very much, Brother Matthew. I think he's given us the whole context of it. But I also want to share what helps me also make sense out of that verse. Especially from your question, I, I, I pick that we are trying to contrast that with the teaching that our salvation is by grace and grace alone. And totally a work of God. Is that not so? So you are contrasting that now with a verse that says that work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. I think the key word here for me looking at just that comparison, that contrast, is to look at the word work out and then work for. They are two different things. I hope you get it. Scripture did not say work for your salvation with fear and trembling. It says work it out. That in itself tells you that the salvation is not of yourself. You can be given a gift, but if you don't work out that gift, it will remain dormant. That gift has been manifested somehow. And so we are being encouraged to work it out. So the next scripture, as he rightly read out to us, actually says that it is not of you. He said it is he who works in you both to will and then also to do it. If you could do it yourself, why would he add verse 13 to it to remind us? That even the will and the desire to please God and to live out the life of righteousness, it comes from him. So the will comes from him. But not only that, he says even to do as well. So we have no power of our own to actually work out salvation. We can't. It's totally a work of God, purely a work of grace. But the outworking of it depends on us. He brought us a beautiful word about how God's glory can manifest it through us. But God won't force us into it. We've got to allow him to work that out through us. When opportunity comes to forgive, you choose. Terry Conboom had to choose whether to forgive or not to forgive. When she chose to forgive, she allowed that salvation to be worked out in her life. She manifested the glory of God. That's how I think you can understand it, that he's not talking about work for your salvation, as if you are working, because he states, Paul teaches clearly that it is not by works. And uh, Brother Matthew read that to us in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8. It's purely a work of grace. It's, it states clearly, not by works, not on your own doing, and actually adds that so that no man can boast. If God leaves it for us to work for it, then we can boast that I worked for it. I did it by my effort. But he's emphatic that it is not by works. So you cannot work for your salvation. But the salvation that has been given to you is our responsibility to work it out in our lives. We choose to manifest the glory of God. We choose to manifest the love of God. We choose to 
show the salvation work of God in our lives. And I believe that's what Apostle is trying to encourage us to do. Thank you. Great. Thank you. <coughs> so last question. Uh, or contribution. I just wanted to contribute. So okay. you see Paul um, in his epistles, he talks about putting on, putting off, putting on, putting off, and put to. And in, um, in, in Colossians chapter 3, verse 5, after talking about what Christ has done, then he says, put to death. So, in addition to talking about the grace of God and what God has done, he also talks about the responsibility that is on man. That if you have to put off, if you have to put on, if you have to, to put something to death, there's a certain responsibility to, on you. So, I, I think that, that's, that that also connects to all that all of you have said, that there's a certain responsibility that after after you receive the grace of God, you also work, you do some work. Not because you did it to attract the grace, but now that the grace has come, there's a certain expectation of you so that God will continue to perfect the work that he's doing in your life. Yeah. Amen. Great. So it's like you are in class and the question has been asked and then you get the answer, drops in your mind. And you are waiting for God to also open your mouth and speak out. You can open your mouth and speak out. I think that's so God has given us the grace to manifest what he's putting us. Let's make the effort. And last week, Brother Edwin gave some examples about what faith to do. You take the step and you see God at work. Amen. Because of time, we wouldn't be able to allow more questions. But then if you have any other question, please, at the end of the service, let's take note of it so that the next question time, which is uh, four weeks from now, we will be able to start by addressing the questions that have not been answered yet. Amen. God bless you. We hope this sermon blessed you. If it did, will you consider sharing it with a friend? And if you're in Accra looking for a spirit-filled community to worship with, why don't you join us at Mikado Plaza, the Bonnie Junction, Accra, on Sundays from 9 to 10.30 a.m. You can also follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Accra Church and visit our website, accrachurch.org, for more sermons. God bless you.